Good morning and welcome to Ask Andy. This is a daily podcast about personal injury practice in personal <laughs> in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I'm Andrew Newworth. You can reach me on the web at newworthlaw, N-E-U-W-I-R-T-H-L-A-W.com. So I still have gloves available. If you need gloves, just go through my website. They're free. You'll find me. Someone will chat with you and uh, we'll get that to you. And if you want to give me feedback, you can feedback through the website or through Facebook or LinkedIn, etc. We are at 2,000 downloads, which is great in the past sort of six months of doing this. And um, getting some nice commentary and feedback so far. No negative comments, which I appreciate. Thank you. Anyway, today I wanted to talk to you about, you know situations where people think that they have been the victims of medical malpractice, but the case doesn't become a case because it's not going to be financially viable. So these are expensive cases in the grand scheme of personal injury litigation, and that means that a med mal case that gets to trial could have, you know, $100,000 in expenses for the attorneys, and therefore we have to make sure that the case is worth far more than that, in our opinions. A motor vehicle case oftentimes will get to trial with, you know, five to fifteen or you know twenty thousand dollars in expenses, but it's nothing like the hundred. So the motor vehicle cases are easier to make viable than the medical malpractice cases. So what makes a a medical malpractice case where you have negligence or liability but not, you know, a viable case? Well. Someone, a friend came to me the other day and had the following, you know, real life scenario. I was taken to the, I want to, I want to look at a case about, so this person said to me, I want to talk to you or talk to a lawyer about a medical malpractice case with the following circumstances. I had really bad right lower quadrant belly pain, which is a sign of appendicitis. I was in a lot of pain. I couldn't stay home, you know, through the night, so I went to the hospital. But there were gunshot victims there. There was a heart attack victim. There were some other people there ahead of me. And, you know, I got to the hospital. And I waited for six hours in the ER. And by the time they evaluated me, I was really kind of in bad shape. I was nauseous and vomiting. And they took one look at me and they said, oh, geez, you need to go to surgery. Now, when I first got there, they had done an abdominal uh, CT exam, but then there was a long delay before you know I actually saw the surgeon. I went in, I had the surgery, and when the surgeon went into my abdomen, they found that the appendix had burst and had created something called peritonitis, which is basically just an infection of the perineum or the stomach lining. So basically the appendix had burst a whole bunch of, you know, bacteria and necrotic and dangerous stuff had flowed into the abdomen. And, you know, in the middle ages, this would have killed people, but now we, you know, we have surgical techniques and antibiotics. So patient's uh, abdomen was flushed, cleaned, put on antibiotics, and what was left of the appendix was tied off and the surgery was complete and the patient has made Largely a full recovery. Had to stay in the hospital a couple extra days. Had a couple thousand extra dollars in medical bills. Um, You know, it doesn't feel great, but getting better. So is that a case? Well, what 
we would have to prove is that the CT exam that was shot when the patient first arrived at the ER was, it did two things. One, it was, it showed that the appendix had not burst, right? And two, that there was time for the patient to have surgery and have it repaired, and then it wouldn't have burst, okay? So, you know, severe pain in the right lower quadrant is often associated with appendicitis, meaning an appendix that has, you know, become inflamed or infected. There's really no treatment for it. The treatment is surgery. I mean, there's no medical treatment for it. The treatment is surgery. And so, you know, on the defense side of this, the patient would have had to have appendix surgery no matter what, whether it was caught before it burst or whether it was caught after it burst, right? I mean, there's no other treatment for appendicitis other than surgery. So what we know is that the patient underwent the same treatment that he or she would have undergone regardless of malpractice. So that says we can't argue that surgery was a result of the malpractice. So what's the next thing we can argue? We can argue, well, you know, in evaluating the case, the patient would not have needed to have this clean out, would not have been exposed to infection, would not have suffered the effects of the burst appendix if the ER had done their job and gotten to her faster. Now, sometimes severe pain is a sign of appendicitis. Sometimes it's a sign that the appendix has already burst. It's kind of hard to say. Whether the CT, let's say the CT was very clear that the appendix was still intact. CT is like a fancy x-ray, okay? It takes slices of your body as opposed, and it looks for bones. It also looks for surrounding structures. Um, but, and as opposed to an MRI, which looks at ligaments and, and discs and muscles and softer stuff. So CT says, let's say the CT says that the appendix was intact, could have been surgically removed, no peritonitis. And the delay at the ER ended up causing, you know, the bursting of the appendix and peritonitis. Is that a case? My reaction is no, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, what's the value of that peritonitis? It's, it's negligible, okay? Because basically the person had surgery, they had the, nearly the same surgery they would have had. They had a little bit of a clean out, maybe they had an extra day of antibiotics. Definitely not worth the $50,000 it might cost or $40,000 to pursue that case to the bitter end. Second of all, you know, looking back at the doctor's conduct, what do we know about the ER that night? There was, you know, a gunshot wound, which is clearly higher in priority. There's a heart attack, clearly higher than in priority. And that's how the ER works. It's a triage system. You, you save the lives that you can save and everything else is kind of taken down in the list of importance below that. So what does that mean? That means that person with lower back pain is going to be lower down on the on the triage list or the you know priority list than someone with the gunshot wound and the appendix may be somewhere in between there. But the heart attack and the gunshot wounds are definitely ahead of you, and there are only so many ER docs. So the ER is going to say, look, we operate on a triage system, and that's all going to be explained to the jury, and it's kind of maybe bad luck. But, you know, is it malpractice to not immediately call for surgery when 
maybe you see an intact appendix. Well, if the doctors are seeing an intact appendix and they have belly pain, they don't know that it's going to burst in the next minute, hour, or 10 hours. You know, they may be able to look at you and schedule you for surgery the next day. They don't know in the future that it's going to burst. So what does that mean? And plus, it's a surgeon, an abdominal surgeon needs to work on you. What do we know that abdominal surgeon is doing that same time? Well, the abdominal surgeon, there's probably only one of them around because it's nighttime, and the abdominal surgeon is doing what? They're doing the gunshot wounds that came in earlier. Those are major traumas, and they need to attend to those in priority. Even if you were on the table with an appendix surgery, you know, which is probably a fairly quick surgery, they're going to leave you there or they're going to close you and move on to the gunshot wound because it's a priority. So the answer is quickly, the short answer is no, it's not a case. But the long answer is there are a lot of factors that go into deciding, you know, one, was there negligence? Two, like, is this worth pursuing? And I think the answer on both counts is, could this have been caught sooner? The answer is probably yes, if every single person was focused on handling, you know, potential rule-out explosive appendixes or rupturing appendixes. But that's not what the ER is set up for. So I think in this case the answer is, you know, we're sorry this happened. It's not a malpractice case, and it's definitely not a case that's worth pursuing in court. So, you know, and that was ultimately my sense of things. Now, that decision tree could go a different way if all of a sudden you're in, you have infection, you're resistant to antibiotics, and you die. Maybe then, you know, the delay really did cause you to lose your life or something like that. Or maybe the delay was 74 hours and you have sepsis, which is sometimes hard to beat back and people die of it. Um, but... You know, appendicitis is normally a younger person's um, event, and and usually they can withstand a fair amount of infection um, and infection fighting. So those are my thoughts on, on, you know, what is not a case. That's enough for today. This has been Ask Andy. Have a great day. I hold people accountable. Find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, or Facebook, etc. Have a great day.